When I'm not hosting this podcast, I am writing books, but it is really hard for me to write when I'm at home, so I like to find remote cabins in the middle of nowhere to just hang out and write. But I hate the idea of my house just sitting empty, doing nothing but collecting dust and definitely not collecting checks. And that's why I'm an Airbnb host. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. Other popular side hustles are awesome too, don't get me wrong, but they often involve big startup costs. By hosting your space, you're monetizing what you already have access to. It doesn't get easier than that. And if you're new to the side hustle game and you're anxious about getting started, don't worry because you're not in this alone. Airbnb makes it super easy to host. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth a lot more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. I'm Nicole Lappin, the only financial expert you don't need a dictionary to understand. It's time for some money rehab. Today is the biggest day in fashion. It's the Met Gala. It's been called the Oscars of the East Coast, and the guest list is a reflection of the biggest A-listers in pop culture. I mean, the red carpet fills up with stars like Beyonce and Rihanna, all the single-name celebrities, plus the Kardashian-Jenners, the Hadids, and pretty much anyone who's a who's who in Hollywood. None of us can escape the best-dressed lists that flood the internet every first Monday in May. If you're feeling a little left out, just remember that Angelina Jolie, Adele, and Meryl Streep have never been to the Met Gala. It's undeniable, though, that the Met Gala is an out-of-control showing of next-level wealth. As a money person, the Met Gala is kind of like a car crash to me. Even though it's kind of a shit show, I can't look away. However, it's not extravagance for the sake of extravagance. For everyone, anyway. Because the Met Gala gets so much attention, some celebrity attendees use the red carpet as a stage to share a message they believe in. But is that enough to keep the Met Gala relevant in a world that increasingly holds celebrities accountable for how they use their influence? To answer this question, let's start with the money trail, aka the car crash. So even though to the public eye, the Met Gala is just a big red carpet event, it also is technically a fundraiser. Every year, the gala is put on by Vogue and raises money for New York's Metropolitan Museum of Art, specifically the Costume Institute. The gala has been going strong since 1948, but leveled up when Anna Wintour took over Vogue in the 90s. Last year, the gala raised over $17 million for the Met. For reference, last year, the Met's springtime gala only raised 2.6 million. I say only like 2.6 million is not a lot of money. It definitely is, but it's also a long ways away from 17 mil. So what puts the Met Gala in a financial league of its own? It's pretty simple. It comes down to the price tag. In 1960, tickets to the Met Gala were 100 bucks. In 1999, when Anna Wintour first took over, tickets went up to 1,000. Last year, Tickets were 30 grand, and this year tickets are reportedly 50 grand. So, Macala tickets seem to be the only thing that has kept up with inflation and then some. So to recap, if you're looking for a Met Gala ticket for tonight, you're looking at shelling out a year's tuition at a private university. Cool, cool. If you're looking to buy a table, you can expect to at least 6x that. Met Gala tables, which are usually scooped up by big fashion labels or brands trying to play it cool, start at 300k. In 2015, Yahoo reportedly paid $3 million to lock in two tables at the gala. 
But even if you do have seven figures of money just lying around, you're not guaranteed a table. And even if you do get a table, you don't have the final say on the guest list. Anna Wintour okays every single attendee. This year, there's an expected 400 attendees. Assuming they're coming in at 50 grand a pop, that is $20 million in revenue. Sources say the event takes about $3 million to put on, which leaves the profit of the event at the $17 million mark. That is a dizzying amount of money. I am still trying to imagine dropping 50K on a dinner. But the truth is, that's just the tip of the iceberg if you're showing up to the gala. Because again, this isn't any old charity event. This is the Super Bowl of fashion. So in your Met Gala budget, you can't just factor in the price of tickets. You also need to take into consideration travel and, of course, what you wear. The most expensive fit to ever hit the Met Gala carpet was Kim Kardashian's dress last year. You probably heard about this. She wore the exact dress Marilyn Monroe wore when she famously sang Happy Birthday, Mr. President to JFK in 1962. It was a very cool idea, but Kim K got a ton of flack for this look. First, there was a very vocal group of folks who didn't think that Kim should have ever been allowed to wear what is effectively a piece of American cultural history. Plus, there were claims that she damaged the dress, although the evidence didn't really seem there to me. But what do I know? I am no Olivia Benson. Beyond that, Kim got the most criticism for her proud announcement that she lost 16 pounds in three weeks to fit into the dress. Not a great role model moment, but... Back to the dress. The iconic dress has been auctioned a few times, but most recently was bought by the president and CEO of Ripley Entertainment, James Pattison. Pattison bought the dress for a cool $4.8 million. If you think that's a lot of money, that is child's play compared to how much money is spent on the jewelry at the Met Gala. Two years ago, YouTuber Emma Chamberlain set the record when she wore a $30 million choker, the most expensive piece of jewelry ever made. This piece also came with its own controversy. The jewels in the choker were allegedly part of a larger necklace that was believed to have belonged to the Maharaja of Patiala. The Maharaja wore this piece regularly until he died, but then the necklace disappeared from the royal treasury of Patiala in the 1940s. Some speculate that it was quietly sold for tax reasons, and others believe it was stolen. When Chamberlain wore the piece, she received backlash, specifically that the necklace is a piece of Indian heritage that should be returned to its home country. Now, of course, celebrities don't have to pay for what they wear on the carpet. If you're a fashion label, a celebrity wearing your design to the Met Gala is better than any billboard you could pay for or ever dream of. So the millions that these pieces are worth aren't actually changing hands, but it does add to this totally unrelatable picture of wealth that has come to represent the gala. This tends to be the thesis statement of the event, regardless of the actual annual theme. This year's theme, by the way, is Karl Lagerfeld, A Line of Beauty, honoring the late fashion icon Karl Lagerfeld, who was a designer at Chanel and Fendi before launching his own line. Regardless of the theme, though, over the years, celebrities have used the Met Gala as a stage for good. Back in 2018, the theme was Heavenly Bodies, Fashion, and the Catholic Imagination. Filmmaker and actor Lena Waithe wore a cape in the colors of a pride flag. Since then, the political commentary has gotten even louder, with the frankest display coming from Representative AOC, who last year wore a white gown that said tax the rich in big red letters on the back. 
Taking an even bigger swing at affecting change was Formula One driver Lewis Hamilton. Because of the, again, absurdly high price tag for admission to the gala, it's impossible for up-and-coming designers to have their work represented. So Lewis Hamilton bought a table and invited select black designers who otherwise wouldn't have been able to afford to go on their own. This year, we can be sure that some of the attendees will follow in these footsteps and use this as a platform for something good. Plus, the New York Times notes that because most guests will likely be honoring Carl's work by wearing vintage Chanel or Fendi, this could be the most sustainable Met Gala ever. So that is something. But let's revisit the $20 million question. Is the Met Gala totally ridiculous? Sure, the Costume Institute at the Met is a worthy institution, but it's also one building in New York. There are global organizations that reach many, many more people than the Met and could do a lot with 20 million bucks. Instead of slapping a slogan on the back of a dress, could public figures be affecting more change if they took the admission price and actually donated it to a worthy cause? And is any of this the Met Gala's fault? After all, Anna Wintour was charged with raising money for the Met, and she has absolutely crushed it. Okay, so this is not something you'll expect me to say, but I actually don't think boycotting the Met Gala is the answer here. Instead, I think more institutions could use Anna Wintour's winning formula to raise a boatload of money for their own operations. Because realistically, if a celebrity can afford a ticket to the Met Gala, they can afford a ticket to whatever the next Met Gala is, right? They're not spending the last 50K in their bank account just to be in the same room as Justin Bieber. So this brings me to today's tip you can take straight to the bank. If you like this, take a page from Vogue approach. What you should think about when you're selling a product or raising funds is how exclusivity might help your case. Now, this doesn't work for everyone. Some brands fare much better by being inclusive. That's my bread and butter and what, on principle, I've always preferred. But if you're in an industry like fashion, design, art, an industry where you're selling status rather than community, Make your events or platform invite only. Build toward finding a celeb spokesperson with a personal connection to your industry. And who knows, maybe you can be the next Met. Do you ever get FOMO, fear of missing out? Well, do you ever get FOMO Tupita, fear of missing out on the perfect hire? If so, I have the antidote. It's LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites, and that adds up to a serious squad of awesome candidates. LinkedIn has over a billion professionals on the platform, and these candidates are super qualified. So much so that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. I work with LinkedIn Jobs for all of my dream team needs, so they're hooking up money rehabbers at linkedin.com slash MNN. Go there and you can post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash MNN, as in Money News Network, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Money rehabbers, you have money hidden in your house. Yeah, just hiding there in plain sight. Okay, so I don't mean you have gold bars hidden somewhere in walls, treasure map style, but you do have a money-making opportunity that you're just leaving on the table if you're not hosting on Airbnb. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. By hosting your space, you are monetizing what you already own. 
It doesn't get easier than that. For me, hosting on Airbnb has always been a no-brainer. When I first signed up, I remember thinking to myself, self, you pay a lot of money for your house. It is time that house returned the favor. And to get real with you for a sec, I felt so much guilt before treating myself on vacation because traveling can be so expensive. But since hosting on Airbnb, I feel zero stress for treating myself to a much needed vacation because having Airbnb guests stay at my house when I'm traveling helps offset the cost of my travel. So it's such a win-win. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Money Rehab is a production of Money News Network. I'm your host, Nicole Lappin. Money Rehab's executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. Our researcher is Emily Holmes. Do you need some money rehab? And let's be honest, we all do. So email us your money questions, moneyrehab at moneynewsnetwork.com to potentially have your questions answered on the show or even have a one-on-one -on -one intervention with me. And follow us on Instagram at moneynews and TikTok at moneynewsnetwork for exclusive video content. And lastly, thank you. No, seriously, thank you. Thank you for listening and for investing in yourself, which is the most important investment you can make.